Welcome to Psychedelicast. Hosted by Clinton Cayley, this show is an interview-based podcast focused on offering listeners in-depth information concerning plant medicines, entheogens, and all subjects tangential to psychedelia. Join us in prying open the third eye. Welcome to Psychedelicast, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Clinton Cayley. I'm your host. Today we've got an interview with one of Mr. Charles Patty from Revive Wellness and Education Center. We're going to discuss his life-changing work with a little bit lesser-known psychedelic, at least in my estimation, ketamine. Um, we're going to tell you a little bit about his wellness center, his personal experiences, and we're going to learn a little bit about the drug ketamine in and of itself. Some things I did not know, a lot of good information in this episode, y'all, we're about to get into I'm currently recording the intro from Santa Marta Magdalena in Colombia, the northern part. Uh, tomorrow, I'm going to be taking a relatively long bus uh, bus trip to Medellin. I'm going to be taking like a 15-hour bus ride to Medellin overnight. At least I don't have to pay for an Airbnb tomorrow night. That's how I'm looking at it. I get my transportation and my Airbnb all rolled into one, albeit maybe not the most comfortable accommodation you know what? I could take an airplane, but I, honestly, I don't feel like going through another fucking airport. I'm just like, I don't want to do it. So I'm going to go get on a bus and just listen to podcasts and work on shit and vibe out and sleep. And uh, that's what I'm going to do. But let's talk psychedelic stuff. Uh, I'm getting ready to move into Quito, Ecuador, and from there into Lima, and from there, hopefully, into Iquitos. And perhaps we will encounter some sacred ancestral plant medicines in uh, Peru somewhere. Sorry for the background noise. Once again, y'all, Colombia is not the same as America. Life is happening all around us. Uh, out in the street, they are doing their Saturday market, and it's pretty much uh, the level of volume and movement is akin to a parade in the street constantly all day. Um, so it is what it is. I really like it here in Colombia. I'm having a great time. I much prefer it to Puerto Rico. Um, with all that being said, let's do our little bit of housekeeping and get our uh, news out of the way so we can talk to Mr. Charles Patty about ketamine. Here at Psychedelicast, we are all about supporting and promoting people, projects, and products in the psychedelic arena if you or someone you know has any project you would like to promote via the show reach out to me at clintonkaylee at gmail.com or at psychedelicast via social media thanks guys and so for those of you who have not joined us on patreon of which there are many uh, we appreciate all of our patreon members they are getting lots of extra content they're getting at minimum four extra episodes a month. That's an extra episode every week. Um, it's only $3 a month. We call the only tier that we offer, we call it Enter the Void for $3 a month. You not only get access to, at minimum, four extra episodes of Psychedelicast, but you also get an opportunity to come on the show yourself and tell us about your trippy uh, tale or your psychedelic experience. So if that's something you're interested in doing, check us out at www.patreon.com slash psychedelicast. Join us for $3 a month. Get lots of extra content. Come on the show. Meet some people in the Patreon uh, psychedelicast psychonaut area. 
With that being said, we appreciate you guys always engaging with us on social media at Psychedelicast on Facebook and Instagram at Psychedelicast with two T's on Twitter. That's the best way to engage with us. We share a lot of stuff on social media. You can share our stuff there as well and we would greatly appreciate it. Why don't you also subscribe to the show on your on the podcatcher that you're using and uh, leave us a little review and a few stars. That would be dope. It helps us to become more visible on podcasting apps. Let's talk psychedelic news. Today in psychedelic news, we have a fantastic article for you from MAPS, the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies. This is a press release from their maps.org website. MDMA-assisted psychotherapy will be more cost-effective than other treatments for PTSD. This was written on October the 14th, 2020. A peer-reviewed study published today in the research journal PLOS One demonstrates that MDMA-assisted psychotherapy is remarkably cost-effective when compared to currently available treatments for post-traumatic stress disorder. It is estimated that a public healthcare payer or private insurer making MDMA-assisted psychotherapy available to 1,000 patients with PTSD would greatly reduce general and mental health care costs by around $103.2 million over 30 years. Lead author Dr. Elliot Mersai elaborates, MDMA-assisted psychotherapy is conducted by a licensed psychologist and trained clinician over the course of 12 sessions with three sessions lasting six or more hours. The cost of that time is not inconsiderable, but in just over three years, healthcare providers will break even on the costs of mental health and general medical care. These estimates are promising, yet likely too conservative. The study did not measure the value of increased productivity or lower disability payments as patients recover from PTSD and is constrained by the limited availability of data on the long-term trajectory of PTSD. Further research will be needed to determine the full financial, personal, and societal benefits of MDMA-assisted psychotherapy for PTSD, to end that quote from Dr. Elliot Marseille. Bera Yazar Klosinski, PhD, Deputy Director and Head of Research Development and Regulatory Affairs for MAPS Public Benefit Corporation and co-author, developed the protocol studying MDMA-assisted psychotherapy. She notes, a growing body of evidence suggests that MDMA-assisted psychotherapy may be more effective than currently available treatments for PTSD, a notoriously difficult-to-treat condition. Previous research has focused on safety and efficacy and indicates statistically significant improvements over psychotherapy with a control, demonstrating reduction in symptoms for 82% of participants. This study should compel healthcare providers to include MDMA-assisted psychotherapy as a covered treatment for PTSD following FDA approval, to end that quote there from Dr. Klasinski. Rick Doblin, PhD, executive director of MAPS and a study co-author states, the profound personal toll of PTSD can include deterioration in physical health, relationships, and ability to participate in social activities along with the anxiety, insomnia, and suicidal ideation that mark the condition. By demonstrating a return of an average of 5.5 quality adjusted life years over 30 years, we have shown that MDMA-assisted psychotherapy has the potential to reduce more than the personal burden of PTSD, contributing to improved health outcomes and reduced healthcare burdens for payers and providers, to end that quote from Dr. Doblin. 
the cost-effectiveness of MDMA-assisted psychotherapy from the U.S. healthcare payer's perspective was constructed with a decision-analytic Markov model to portray the costs and health benefits of treating patients with chronic, severe, or extreme treatment-resistant PTSD. Efficacy was based on the pooled results of six randomized controlled trials with the 105 subjects who participated in phase two trials and a four-year follow-up of 19 of those subjects. Other inputs were based on published literature and on assumptions when data were unavailable. Results are modeled over a 30-year analytic horizon and conducted extensive sensitivity analyses. The model calculates expected medical costs, mortality, quality-adjusted life years, and incremental cost-effectiveness ratio to end that article from maps.org. So, fantastic uh, research, looking very promising, coming out of maps, as always. Great to see them doing their work. Um, I would love to talk to someone from maps or who is involved in maps if that person exists and is a fan of this show. Please reach out to me. I would love nothing more than to chat with you about all maps psychedelic advancements. briefly introduce himself to you, the listener. Um, he is doing some interesting work with ketamine, uh, a, a psychedelic compound that I am personally not familiar with, uh, I'm very interested in, um, but he's doing some important work concerning addiction, recovery, mental health, well-being, things like that. Charles, why don't you just kind of tell us a little bit about who you are, your background, and why we might be talking with you about ketamine today. All right, what's up, everybody? I am Charles Patty, and I'm here to tell you about ketamine today. So, uh, ketamine played a huge role in my life uh, because I actually suffered from addiction issues for a lot of years in my life, and uh, I was addicted to food, substances, uh, you know, all the different drugs. I was addicted. I was an alcoholic. Uh, anything that really wasn't good for me, I overdid and I consumed. And, you know, I was always a good person, but I couldn't actually, like, you know, stop doing what I was doing. And it was through the use of psychedelic medicines that I actually alleviated all of this stuff out of my life. Uh, I'm a huge advocate for psilocybin mushrooms, dimethyltryptamine, and then, of course, ketamine. And I'm actually uh, really lucky because I got to the point now where we actually have a ketamine center that called Revive Med Spa, where we are actually healing people with ketamine. And um, ketamine is doing amazing, beautiful things for people. It's helping people with post-traumatic stress disorder, depression, anxiety, uh, addiction issues, bipolar issues, and, and so much more. And, and uh, what ketamine is actually doing is it's helping heal people's neuropathways in their brain, okay? So, like, whenever anybody's had a tra traumatic experience in their life or when they've had substance abuse issues for a lot of years, uh, the neuropathways in your brain actually get damaged. And what the ketamine is doing, and especially in the, uh, the higher doses that we're doing, and when I say higher doses, this is one-tenth of what you would give a toddler going into surgery because ketamine is actually used as an anesthetic for, um, for pediatrics. But... 
So what it's doing is it's healing the neural pathways and it's actually sprouting new dendrites off the pathways, which means that it, it's healing these pathways and it's doing amazing things for that. It's also creating more dopamine in the brain. It's helping the brain produce more dopamine, which gives us the ability to be happy without having to take anything like a SSRI, an antidepressant, or benzodiazepines. You know, it's like, for me personally, I had the addiction to benzodiazepines and opiates and all this kind of other stuff. And I would get sober for a while and it's like, I just wouldn't be happy. And I felt like I needed to put these outside substances into my body. And the ketamine actually gave me the ability to like, you know, stay happy without having to put this stuff in my body. So it's, it's truly a healing medicine. That's okay. That's fascinating. So you're telling me something about ketamine right now that I'm completely unfamiliar with and unaware of. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're saying that in my mind, ketamine is only a used as a uh, a psychoactive compound. I was unaware that it was actually physically therapeutic. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, man. It, it's like it is completely profound and amazing what it's doing for people. We've actually had people at our facility that have been on like antidepressants for the last 20 years and after their second like we usually do anywhere from six to 12 treatments from our facility and we've actually had people that were on antidepressants for 20 years and after this after their second treatment they completely weaned off of their antidepressants i have people that are stopping taking their benzodiazepines like xanax or ativan or whatever you want or clonopin all those are benzos we have people that are stopping taking those medications just a couple treatments into it here so folks for listeners sorry uh charles and i are having a little bit of connectivity difficulty it is what it is man sometimes that happens in this in this game uh, but we were just discussing the physically therapeutic benefits of ketamine, of which I was uh, unfamiliar with. Um, I understand that the psychedelic experience offered by ketamine can be quite profound and healing for people. But uh, Charles was just discussing with us the actual neurological benefits and the physical healing properties of ketamine. Um, and that's just something I didn't even know. You know, I, I, we, I think I do um, often think of these psychedelic medicines as psychologically and spiritually healing, but uh, I know particularly in the Amazon, they consider ayahuasca to be physically healing as well, and I find that uh, very interesting, and that's kind of where we were at. So if you want to just pick up there uh, talking about the physical uh, healing capabilities of ketamine, we can discuss that some more. Yeah, so, um, you know, I like I was, I, I was touching on before, it's, uh, you know, it's healing the neural pathways in the brain, and it, it's actually causing new neural plasticity, which is new connections in the brain. So, um, you know, this is, this is a true healing medicine, like I was saying. It's actually, like, you know, it, it's physiologically healing parts of the brain, along with the actual psycho-spiritual healing, which would be the, you know, profound experience that you're getting from the medicine. And... Um, you know, we, uh, we're happy to say that, you know, we're giving people psychedelic experiences from our facility, Revive Med Club, down in Benita, Florida. And um, not, okay, so we're doing it three different ways out of our facility. We're doing sublingual doses, we're doing intravenous, and then we're actually doing intramuscular injections. And um, we're, we're really finding that the, uh, you know, the, uh, the intramuscular injections is, is truly giving people these really, really profound psychedelic experiences which uh which are completely gifting in themselves you know 
So, okay, that's there's so many questions here that I want to unpack uh, because this is basically a new psychedelic for me. I pride myself on having tried most and being knowledgeable about most psychedelics, but uh, I was going to get into this story earlier when we were talking, but uh, the only time I ever actually came in contact with ketamine, a friend of mine back in the day uh, had acquired some in a, a liquid form in a vial. I have no idea where or how he got this. But uh, he basically poured it onto a Pyrex plate, baked it until it be crystallized or dehydrated. Then he scraped it up and snorted it and went into what is popularly known as a K-hole. Um, and just seeing him have that experience, it seemed very uncomfortable and scary to me. So I was like, nah, I ain't doing that shit. Um... And so that kind of like put me off of ketamine for, you know, the last like 15 years. And then here recently we've been seeing so much uh, research and so much information come out about the healing properties of this uh, compound. Um, and as you were saying a little bit earlier, my, second, uh, my secondary knowledge of ketamine is as uh, in a, being used in emergency medicine. I work in emergency medicine. And we use ketamine as a dissociative anesthetic for things like uh, setting broken bones or realigning uh, displaced joints, things that are very painful that people don't want to go through without some kind of uh, help. So we actually put people in, uh, I guess, in a K-hole, and then we pop their shoulder back in and things like that. Um, but can you speak to maybe the the actual experience of uh, the the psychoactive experience of ketamine itself because I'm not familiar with it compared to other psychedelics. Sure. So 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 the doses that are psychedelic doses that we're actually doing out of our facility are like probably around a fifth of what you would do to get somebody into an anesthetic state. Maybe even less. I mean, even less than that. So like. What we're not getting people that we're not putting people in that anesthetic state. That's what you you know you wouldn't remember anything. So it's like it's much less than this would do to get somebody at that at that dose. And these experiences, because you know, like I do have experience with dimethyltryptamine, and I do have experience with psilocybin mushrooms. And I have to tell you, at the right dose, I would compare a. Uh, a psychedelic dose of ketamine to pretty much mirroring a, a DMT experience in a lot of ways, except for, you know, the DMT experiences only last for about 15 minutes where, you know, an actual session that you would do under a psychedelic dose of ketamine lasts for up to an hour, hour and 20 minutes. Okay. And is that, uh, so we, we were touching on it earlier, the different methods of uh, introduction of the drug to the system. Um, I would assume that I would assume that intramuscular injection is going to be the longest lasting because it slowly disperses um, as opposed to, say, IV, which I would assume is going to be a more intense but shorter acting experience. So believe it or not, the two, the, the, the bilingual, which is the one that you would take uh, the ketamine trophies, which are the pills, basically, and you put them under your tongue and you let them dissolve. That actually seems to last the longest with people because it takes so long to process through the system, okay? 
So the experiences that people are actually having on sublingual doses can last for up to even like an hour and a half, two hours long sometimes. Um, the IV therapy, because the medicine is dripped over a 40-minute period, it, it doesn't, I mean, you can get people that feel sound effect with it, that experience, but since it's stretched out and it's dripped over that longer of a period, the medicine is introduced into the system much slower. So we're, you really use the IV therapy for, like, pain management because we are doing that as well. Ketamine is actually, when it's used through IV therapy and used properly, it can literally take the pain out of somebody's body that has a lot of sex, like excess pain in their body. It can take it out of their body for up to six months at a time. So it's helping people get off of those pharmaceutical medications and opiates and stuff like that that would be painkillers normally. Now, the intermuscular injection, all of the, the so like, okay, I'll start, I'll start with the, with the, uh, with the sublingual. The sublingual will take any, you'll feel the effects of the medicine after like 10 minutes and then, you know, maybe 20 minutes after you take it, you'll really start to actually go into the actual experience where the, the intermuscular injection all of the medicine is hitting the system at the same time, and after you do an intermuscular injection, it only takes about two to three minutes before you really, like, you know, go off into your experience. So it's much more fast-acting. Okay, interesting. Um, so I am, I'm interested to learn, to learn a little bit more about the actual experience itself. Um, so... Yeah. Say for instance, you know, a lot of times, uh, say let's let's use DMT since we're both familiar with it. Um, DMT yep. kind of has a th a set of themes or a set of uh, similarities, kind of across the board for everybody. There's it's not always the same. Obviously, this is the psychedelic experience, which is highly subjective and changes not only from person to person, but from experience to experience, experience uh, with the same person. But uh, in DMT, quite often we have uh, intense geometric patterns or uh, encounters with entities or a sense of being spoken to by an extrinsic intelligence. Um, you know, there's certain, certain psychedelics, particularly it seems to be with DMT, has a kind of a overarching theme that develops for most people. Um, can you speak to some of the thematic elements of ke of the ketamine experience or kind of um, tell us what it's like to be in that moment? I know that some of these things are extremely hard to describe and are in, uh, oftentimes ineffable experiences, but uh, can you give us a little taste of what the ketamine experience is actually like? Yeah, so, you know, it, believe it or not, we're having, like, a reoccurring thing with that's happening to people. And, like, you know, I want, first of all, I want to let people know that, like, you know, it's like I don't sit around to do ketamine treatments or whatever myself all the time or whatever, stuff like that. Like, when we when we first got going, I actually, like, you know, put me, our, our doctor, who is uh, Andrew Ferber, Dr. Andrew Ferber, he put me through the treatments that we would be giving people at the facility because I, you know, I wanted to go through them and I really wanted to experience and experience the healing benefits of the medicine, even though I had had a very profound healing effect with it, you know, when I used it years ago to help me get away from my addictions. But so what happens is you, you feel very sedated at first, you feel very heavy, and then all of a sudden you feel this tranquility and, and this euphoria, and it's truly beautiful and amazing. And then you go off into the actual trip or the experience. And a lot of people are actually going to what they describe 
described as like a healing station where they can literally feel their brain being healed, okay? And, um, you know, that's a reoccurring thing that's happening with lots of people. It's not just like one person, and I actually had that experience myself. I also had an experience where I went out into space and I was melting into the energy field of consciousness and I kept manifesting back out of it and falling back into it and manifesting back out of it. And like, the thing about ketamine experiences is like you can actually really hold on to the experience much more. You really sit back and just kind of watch this movie that's playing out during this experience and the movie I'm talking about is the actual trip. But, you know, we uh, we have had people that, you know, had these beautiful, like, you know, out-of-body experiences, to say more or less, that, you know, like, they feel like they've connected to everything and they, you know, became one with everything and they, they felt that connectedness with everything. So, you know, it's a truly beautiful and profound experience. And, and the, you know, the, the really amazing part is, a lot of the experiences people are having are mirroring other experiences that other people are having. So it's, it's like they're having the same experience and they haven't talked to each other or anything about it. That's fascinating. Um, yeah, I've always found that aspect uh, of the psychedelic experience very intriguing that people who know nothing about each other and have very different life you know, circumstances and experiences will t- undergo these psychedelic experiences and they will not, it won't be exactly the same, but thematically it'll be very similar. Um, and I mean, I've even had experiences during ayahuasca ceremony where I have had the exact same vision as someone else. And they told me about the vision that I was having when I had never discussed it with them or said anything about it. They told me, Hey, I had this vision X, Y, and Z uh, during this portion of the ceremony, and I had had that exact same vision. Now, how can you, how do you explain that? I don't, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, you know, I totally agree with you. And, you know, listen, man, I, I didn't touch in on it, but I'm going to go ahead and talk about it. It's like, I've actually had God experiences on this medication, okay? Like, where, like, I was in the divine realm, and, like, I was with the source of everything, man. Like, I was with God, okay? And there was, completely beautiful and profound and amazing. And, you know, I listen, man, that's why psychedelic medicine has actually helped me stop doing what I was doing when I was abusing my body for all of those years, man. Because, see, listen, what I understood and what I realized at that time was that we're all an extension of the divine. So we're, in all, we're all a part of that. And so every single time, that I was taking these hardcore drugs like I was on heroin and I used to use crack cocaine and I, I was on benzodiazepines and all that. Every time I was putting those substances in my body, I was literally poisoning God. And that was what changed everything for me, man. It, you know, that once you have an experience like that, there's no going back, you know? And so, you know, that's like... People are having divine experiences on this medicine, man. It, it, it's completely mind-blowing, and I know it sounds crazy to some, and it might sound like I'm just kind of blowing smoke at people or whatever, but, like, people are having divine experiences on this medicine, and it's completely profound and changing people's lives. I've actually had a couple people that came to the facility because they had just lost a loved one, and they were trying to process it and deal with it. 
I had a gentleman whose brother was murdered a few years back, and during two of his experiences, he actually hung out with his deceased brother. During one of the experiences, they were whitewater rafting together. I actually had another woman that just came in whose father just passed away, and she's about four treatments in as we speak right now, but during her first two treatments, she actually hung out with her deceased father. So not only is this tapping people into the unknown of, you know, like, mind, body, and spirit healing, but, like, people are actually having contact with, like, dead loved ones, deceased loved ones, and, and having divine God experiences. You know, it's completely mind-blowing there. Absolutely. Well, I don't think that most listeners of this show are going to find that too hard to believe, and I don't think that anyone who's ever had a profound... Uh, higher dose psychedelic experience is going to find that hard to believe because I personally have had contact with deceased loved ones. Um, I remember one time uh, I was, I had offered DMT to a close friend of mine and she was pretty psychedelically naive. I don't think she had ever really tripped before on anything. But I was telling her about my experiences with DMT and I happened to have some and I said, hey, if you want, like I can... We can, you can try it if you want. And so she, she, she really wanted to. And so, uh, she took, a she took the medicine and she kind of sat there in the, you know, the, in the general trance like state that DMT induces. And she was in that state for about five, seven minutes. And she just opened her eyes and just started weeping. And, uh, I just let her cry, you know, cried out. Cause I knew that she needed that. And she did that for a few minutes. And then she said, Oh my God, like, my grandparents were there both and her both of her grandparents had passed away in rapid succession like with within like the last six months and she was really really close with her grandparents um and she had taken it really really hard you know and uh she just cried and cried and cried and was like thank you so much and i was like dude you know it's not it's just this medicine can take you it knows what you need and it'll take you where you need to go as you know as you were saying earlier, as woo-woo as that may sound, uh, it, it knows where to take you. And it took her to be in communion with her grandparents, who she missed dearly. And uh, I can't speak for her to say what, what that meant to her, but I can tell you in that moment, it was quite a profound experience for her and something that she not only didn't think was possible, but certainly didn't expect. So, um, yeah, I'm well aware that uh, these these... Uh, molecules are able to induce these types of mystical states and uh, it's it's oftentimes like I've said it before like piercing the veil between life and death it really is and that's a very uh, kind of staunch stoic way to look at this but once you've gone so far you can't really go back to like I'm tripping acid with my friends and watching cartoons kind of style you know what I'm saying well, you know, listen, man, this is what I, what I, what I stress to people the most and what I try to explain to people is that psychedelic medicines are tools for meditation. Okay? Like, listen, like when I was a kid, I used to eat psychedelics or take psychedelics and I was, you know, trying to go to a party with it and stuff like that and, you know, or like I wasn't using these things properly, okay? And it's like, it's all about, it, it's just like your buddy with, you know, putting it on the and scraping it off and snorting it and going through a K-hole. It's like, listen, man, you can use these medicines for a true, amazing healing experience, but it's all about the timing, the setting, 
the intention of what you're going into this looking for. You know, listen, when we're at our facility doing these treatments, everybody has their own private room, and we've got these, like, beautiful, really comfortable, like, lazy boy kind of chairs where we give people headphones that black out your hearing so you can't hear anything, and we also give them a blackout mask for their eyes. And I tell people, like, listen, like, meditate while you're on this medicine. That's what it's for. It's a tool for meditation. And, you know, to, for, for more or less, man, you know, it, it, I, I, it's like a cheat code to tap into what a Buddhist monk who's been meditating for 50 years can accomplish through meditation. You can come to our facility and, and, and get them, you know, get, get approved for a ketamine treatment and, and get the ketamine and meditate. And you can literally tap into what it's been taking them 50 years to accomplish in an hour-long session at our, at our facility. You know, our doctor that works here, the guy, you know, he, uh, he's been doing psychiatry for 60 years. He's been teaching meditation for 50 years, and he actually lived with Osho for 20 years, okay? So the guy's a legend in his own right. But, like, when we first started doing these treatments, you know, there was a guy who came in, and he was suicidal, man. The guy was ready to kill himself. He was like, listen, this is my last line of hope. If this doesn't work for me, I'm going to take my own life, et cetera, et cetera. like, just, just trust us, trust the process. And we treated him, and he talked to Dr. Ferber. And after Dr. Ferber talked to him, after he did a treatment for like 30 minutes, the guy walked out. He gave me a hug and said, thank you so much for saving my life. I don't want to kill myself anymore. But then after he left, Dr. Flipper looked at me and goes, I can't believe it, man. I just did three hours, three years of therapy on that guy in an hour. You know, like, like along with the psychedelic experience and the follow-up session that he did with him after his experience, he accomplished three years of therapy on an individual in an hour. And the guy didn't want to kill himself anymore. And that's not just that guy. We've had, you know, other guys, we've had a couple of veterans come in, you know, and, and they were suicidal. And, like, you know, that's what a real, like, you know, we're passionate about helping everybody. But, like, I want to end the suicide rate, man. I want to I want to bring it down, like, so much. You know, I want to work with veterans. I want to work with people with addiction issues. And, like, we've had people that were going to kill themselves walking in the door if this didn't work for them because that's how far they, they like, I can't take it anymore. And I, I have to tell you this, there has not been one of these people that was suicidal that didn't want to kill themselves after their first treatment. It was that amazing and that much of a healing experience that nobody was suicidal after one treatment into six or 12 treatments. Uh, I totally believe you, man. And I, I'm going to talk about some anecdotes here that I've seen concerning that. And then I want to talk about the actual list. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm here. Sorry, uh, brother. Sorry, brother. I'm here. Uh um, yeah, so I want to talk about some anecdotes uh, concerning that, what you just said that I've seen. And then I actually want to talk about kind of like the logistics and how this actually works in the medical field because I'm interested in that. But um, I saw a mini documentary about a man who both of his sons – and I'm sure you've seen this as well being, being in this ketamine world uh, – it was a man who's probably 50, mid-50s, 60-ish, and both of his sons had taken their own lives at separate times. And you could just see that, I mean, obviously this man's life was just decimated. He was just destroyed. He did not want to live anymore. He had no reason to live anymore. At least that's what he felt. And uh, the, the documentary kind of follows him through uh, his ketamine sessions, 
And at the end, he's talking about his experience and he's relaying what it's meant to him. And he's like, ketamine has literally saved my life. Um, these sessions are, you know, initially it was the actual ketamine itself that was saving my life. But he was like, now I see that it was healing me in such a way that allowed me to not only not want to die anymore, but to want to live again. And, you know, I think there's a distinct difference there between not wanting to die, but actually being excited and thriving in, in life again. And, uh, you know, that's what it did for this gentleman. And I thought that was uh, very, uh, you know, that pretty much speaks for itself, that someone could be so horribly distraught and just, just destroyed. I mean, you're both your sons, your only two children have chosen to take their own lives. You know, what, really, what else is there? I mean, I can totally understand it from that point of view, but uh, yeah, he credit he credited ketamine for saving his life. And I've seen many other things in a similar vein about ketamine, you know, helping to cure anxiety, helping to cure depression, helping to uh, end people's feelings of suicidality. Um, so I'm really, really happy that places like yours are starting to uh, open up and, and you know, the, the way is being paved for this research and uh, for people to have these experiences. One other thing I wanted to say that relates to this is when I was in Peru in the Amazon, uh, one of the shaman who was facilitating our ayahuasca experience told us, um, you know, here in the Amazon, especially in the deeper portions, as we get further into the jungle and we get further away from the reach of Western society, these people don't even understand the concept of suicide. To, you have to explain to them what it means that someone would want to take their own life. They don't get it, you know. And he said, in most of these, in most of these indigenous languages out here. They don't have a word for suicide. They don't have a word for depression. They don't have a word for anxiety. These things don't even exist here um, because the way of life is so different and because they're so much more connected to nature and the universe in general. And, and I just say that as, uh, as an aside to uh, speak to the power of not only ketamine but the psychedelic and, and visionary plant medicine experience uh, in and of itself and it's – massive cycle well, you know I, listen like you know I, I appreciate you saying that i'm paving the way and like it's not it's not me man like honestly like you know there's so many people that are in this field doing amazing things and listen and i agree with what you're saying and i'll touch on that in a second with the actual plant medicines as well but like listen there's a guy named mike zappy Zappon, and i don't know if everybody if you've heard of him before but Zappy actually made a, a, a movie called The Reality of Truth, okay? And it was with Michelle Rodriguez from Fast and Furious. And they actually, like, went down to um, Peru and uh, did San Pedro and then did an ayahuasca convention, okay? And uh, Zappy won uh, the Amsterdam Film Festival Award for that movie that came out. And he actually just did a documentary that's coming out with Lamar Odom. Okay, the basketball player that was married to one of the Kardashian sisters. That's, that's the dude they found about, in the. You know, that's the dude they found in the. What? That's the guy they found in the uh, bunny den, like smoking crack or something. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, he, he, you know, he was, you know, he was having addiction issues and he had overdosed and all of this stuff. And so they actually did a documentary with him that's going to be released really soon and it's called Reborn. Okay, and so. I like he 
when this movie comes out, man, it's going to change the game for everybody in this field. So, like, he really is changing the game for everybody in this, uh, you know, in the psychedelic field that's professionals right now. And it's kind of paving the way for taking the taboo out of all these medicines. And uh, his, uh, his partner's name is Warren Gumbel. And uh, I've actually had the pleasure of collaborating with both of these gentlemen. And, uh, you know, they've been, we've been talking about ketamine and, you know, what, you know, like what the most profound doses are for people. And, you know, they have so much experience in this field. And, uh, you know, I got to tell you, like, like I was just saying, when this film, and it's called Reborn Again, when it comes out, it's going to change everything, man. Because, see, like, you know, I can sit here and tell you about how these medicines changed my life and everything. And, you know, it's like we have this facility and it's amazing and stuff like that. But, like, you know, when everybody sees that Lamar Odom, like, had his life saved from this medicine, because it saved Lamar's life, and then they took him down to Mexico, and they actually did Ibogaine sessions with him as well. And now Lamar's doing amazing. He's doing fantastic, okay? So keep an eye out for Reborn. It should be coming out in the very near future. And, you know, listen, I'm an advocate for real holistic medicine, plant medicine, plant, psychedelic plant medicine. And, uh, you know, even, like, you know, cannabis helped me for a lot of years and stuff like that, too. But the thing is, is that, the ketamine is FDA approved, all right? So it's like we can do this from our facility, all right? And, and, and that's fantastic. But, see, the ketamine is the foot in the door for the rest of these healing medicines that are natural, that are plant medicine. So it's like, you know, eventually at our facility, we want to end up working with psilocybin, and we want to work with all of these other natural plant medicines. Like we would love to work with ayahuasca eventually. We would love to work with all of these things, but... The ketamine is the foot in the door because it is FDA approved so we can treat people with this off-label use of the ketamine, you know. And see, it's going to take the taboo out of the psychedelic field in a lot of ways because people are okay doing something that's FDA approved and then all of a sudden they have this profound psychedelic healing experience and then it opens the door for the psilocybin, it opens the door for the DMT, it opens the door for San Pedro and all of these other things that we can't technically treat people with right now. So it's like, you know, it, you know, between the FDA approval and the movie that's coming out, you know, it's like these medicines are going to, there's going to be a complete psychedelic revolution in the next 10 years, you know, and, and it's going to help heal a lot, a lot of people. Forbes magazine came out with an article, I think it was like six months ago, and it said that 90% of the Earth's population needs ketamine treatment after what's going on with the pandemic and all that kind of stuff and everything. So it's just like, you know, if, if Forbes is saying that 90% of the population of the Earth needs ketamine treatment, that's huge. You know, and then so like that gets our foot in the door for the rest of these healing modalities that we're, you were touching on and we were talking about. Absolutely, I agree with you. Um, I think that you're 100% correct in that. I think that these studies and these uh, FDA approvals for things like MDMA and ketamine are really kind of uh, pushing that boundary uh, in the right direction. And uh, yeah, guys like you are on the forefront and we, we need that. Um, how... So this is one thing, because actually, oddly enough, I was looking into ketamine therapy for a former partner of mine who was uh, actually uh, had suicidal ideations, 
uh, depression issues, extreme anxiety, uh, various, various issues in those areas. And here in Texas, or we were in Texas at the time, I was unable to find anyone who would accept her for treatment, although there are ketamine treatment centers in Houston, because I don't know if this is the same all over the U.S., but they were only approved to take patients with resistant treatment-resistant depression or uh, anxiety. Um, and she had actually never been t medically diagnosed as uh, depressed or uh, with an anxiety disorder. But she, I mean, if anyone was to sit with her for a few minutes, it would be obvious to them. But um, can you speak to that? What kinds of, how are people getting access to this and how is it being, how are you able to deliver it to people um, under what circumstances legally or medically? So out of our facility, that's not the case, okay? If people are suffering, they need help and they need access to this medicine. And that's what we're doing here. Like if, if somebody comes in and they, you know, if they're suffering from depression or if they're suffering from anxiety or if they have addiction issues and they think that this medicine might be able to help them, they'll meet with our doctor and our doctor, there's, you know, you don't need to meet the criteria of what those facilities are doing at our facility. We're really more about empowering the patients out of our facility and, you know, letting them be in charge of, what to make the decision of if they think that this is going to be a good treatment for them or something that they would be interested in, we're going to help those people because I'm not, I'm not, I don't think anybody that is working at this facility would be okay with turning somebody down and telling them that we can't help them if they're sick and suffering. You know what I'm saying? That's not what we do here. We want to help everybody. And you know, my business partner, Lisa actually had an experience when she lived in Colorado where, you know, she was looking for help years ago and they kept turning her away from every hospital that she went to and said that there's nothing that they could do for her. And, you know, and it's like, you know, my, uh, my, uh, my fiance, who's, you know, uh, you know, owner of uh, the Revive Med Spa facility, actually, you know, she said, you know, listen, like we all sat down and we were just like, there's no way that we would turn away people. You know, it's like if somebody wants help, we're going to make sure that they get the help. And if, you know, if we don't think that ketamine is the best thing for them and we think something else might actually work better, we're going to tell them that, you know, maybe this would work better for you or something like that. But they're really, you know, we're, we're not in the business of turning people away that are looking for help. We're here to help for anybody that needs help. That's great. Um, that's great. Uh, I'm I'm. I guess it's a difference in legality here or there. Uh, I'm really not sure. I, I really don't know how that works. I'm, there was just a time a couple years ago where I was looking into it for my significant other, and uh, we were unable to make that happen. Um, but uh, she actually started microdosing with psilocybin, and then that really, really helped turn her around, and she decided she wanted to go deeper into the mushroom, so she had several deeper sessions, and those were like life-altering for her, and I actually that kind of led to the downfall of our relationship, which was for the best, but uh, that's neither here nor there. Um, so correct me if I'm wrong, but you were talking about earlier today, you were working on preparing a second facility? Um, 
Um, no, so we actually, we had two buildings, believe it or not, but what happened is we had a building we were going to be doing yoga and all kinds of, we had a huge exercise room in our facility because we are all about like mind, body, and spirit healing here, okay? Like we're teaching people how to meditate and doing all different kinds of things. But what happened is, is that with COVID happening and all of the social distancing and all of that kind of stuff, it actually didn't make sense to keep that second building for right now. So we've actually just moved into a facility that we're just, we, we have a bunch of ketamine treatment rooms pretty much, the doctor's office. And then we do have one larger room that we're going to be doing meditation and stuff like that. And we also have an integration room, which is completely beautiful at our facility because one of the biggest complaints that we've heard from people around the country that did ketamine treatment was that after they did the ketamine treatments, they were basically, like, just thrown out the door while they were, like, you know, coming out of an anesthetic state, basically, or not an anesthetic state, but, you know, under the influence of an anesthetic where they felt disoriented still and everything. And so we have couches and we have beautiful chairs and, you know, a really nice atmosphere for people to integrate after their experience because, you know, not only is the, are your neural pathways healing during the hour-long session that you would be having the medicine, like you'd have your actual experience, but your neural pathways are actually healing for probably the next two to two and a half to three hours after your experience. So you're basically like, your, your, your brain is almost being reprogrammed at this point. And so you want to be in the most serene, comfortable setting as humanly possible because you're reprogramming yourself to be calm and, and cool and collected and, and having this, like, you know, beautiful healing experience that isn't just during your session for the few hours, next couple hours following after the session. Yeah, sure. I've heard a lot of concerns about that uh, as far as people delivering these medicines and then leaving people out to dry. I think the integration... Now, I will tell you this, Clinton. Like, you know, this is this facility that we have right now, though, this is just the beginning, man. Like, you know, like, it's our goal to put as many facilities up around the country as humanly possible because, you know, I want to get this medicine out to as many people as possible. We all do here, you know, and, and everybody really needs it. We're actually um, starting to do... Uh, we're going to be doing at-home ketamine therapy for people also. So it, it, that would be with a sublingual dose, and what you would do is you would get, you know, because, like, in these times, there's some people that still don't even want to leave their house that are completely distraught and, you know, suffering, and they need access to these medicines. So what we're going to be doing is, you know, we're going to be doing, like, you know, a Zoom consultation with people, and we're actually going to be doing at-home trophy, and the trophies are the sublingual pills that you'd be taking. And uh, we'll be doing at-home trophy sessions with people where we will be monitoring them over Zoom while they do their while they do their session. But we want to have make sure people have as much access to this medicine as possible. Yeah, that's fascinating. I actually um, I do like psychedelic news segments on uh, certain episodes, and one of which that I did was uh, a company I can't remember. But uh, it was exactly what you're describing. They were talking about doing remote in-home ketamine sessions, uh, particularly relating to COVID-related uh, anxiety and mental illness and depression. Um, and I thought that was a really good idea. And I, you know, I'm excited to see things like that come to fruition. Because you're right, a lot of people are not only is the subject of psychedelic the psychedelic experience highly taboo. Um, but some people are interested in it 
but they want to do it their way. You know, they want it to be. Uh, they want to be in the comfort of their own home, where they feel safe. They feel. They feel secure. They feel comfortable there, uh, undergoing something that could be as potentially profound as ketamine. Um, so I think that's really important to meet these people where they're at, especially when you're dealing with these kinds of psychological uh, maladies. You know, uh, anxiety is crippling. I've known people who've been who they do not want to leave their house. They don't even want to leave their fucking bed. You know, they don't want to leave their room. Um, so to offer them the potentially experiences potentially healing as uh, ketamine in the comfort of the home is a, you know, that's uh, that's huge. Well, you know, we actually have had a couple people that we've treated at our facility and they wanted to do an at-home experience. So, you know, we, we were like, okay, you know, we, we wanted to see how it would work. And um, so, like, you know, we set up a Zoom basically where they would be laying in their bed you know, and it's monitored, you know, and you have, like, an energetic, and I, you know, you, I meditated while I was observing people when they were doing the medicine and stuff like that. You know, it just kept an eye on to make sure everything was safe. But the thing is, is that what happened is, is people have an ability, it seems, sometimes to let go more when they're in the comfort of their home. You know, be like, to actually just completely let go of the medicine. Because, like you were saying, you know, it, it, it is fantastic to do it out of facilities. Like, I, that's what I do suggest to people, but some people do feel more comfortable, you know, being in their room, on their bed by themselves with nobody else in the building with them or whatever. And, you know, like, that's an option we want to give to people, too. The gentleman I was talking about, he had had some amazing experiences here, but he actually did one at his house, and he, like, cried for, like, 45 minutes to an hour after his session because, you know, he had worked on something and processed something because he completely let go in his own home and he couldn't let go like that out of facility. So, you know, we want to give people that option. You know, it's like, um, I, I really think people should be in charge of their own mind and going within their own mind and, and trying to heal. And, you know, the guy, uh, the gentleman, Mike Zappi Zappelin, the one that I was talking about, the film director, he actually started something called the Mind Army, okay? And you can go to mindarmy.org and you can actually like sign a petition that's trying to get the you know psychedelic medicines decriminalized so people have the ability to go within their own mind and try to heal themselves. Because you know, listen, the time for this to happen is now, man. You know, it's like people are sick and suffering out there and you know the suicide rate is through the roof. People are overdosing left and right out there. And if we have access to a medicine that's literally going to help save people's lives, people need to be able to have access to it. Because, you know, it's just like, you know, if they don't, they're just going to keep on doing what they're doing to themselves and dying this way. And if we can save life, you know, listen, I, like, the way I feel is like, if we can save one life doing it like that, that's enough. But it's already happening on a much higher scale than that. People's lives are getting saved left and right out there through these medicines. You know, and it's like, me personally, I still have friends out there on the streets that are dying, man. You know what I'm saying? And it's because they don't have access to these medicines or they don't, they, they are not educated about the medicines enough or there's still this taboo that's labeled on these medicines where it's just like, you know, it, it, enough is enough. When is it going to be enough when people are like, you know what, this is actually helping heal people, this is saving lives, and this is the route that we need to start going because it's effective and we're getting results from it. 
Yeah, man, I can't agree with you anymore. Uh, I mean, when is it going to be enough to... How, how many people do you have to hear describe to you the profound uh, experience that they've had that saved their life, that's uh, helped them overcome the death of a loved one, that's helped them overcome uh, you know, trauma, that's helped them overcome depression and fear and anxiety and guilt and all these things. Like, how many times do we have to hear these people? How many people do we have to listen to describe how these various molecules, compounds, medicines, plants have saved their lives and, you know, and not only, and not saved their life in every case, but greatly increased the quality of life. Um, how many highly accredited, intelligent doctors, scientists, journalists, uh, how many times do we have to listen to these people uh, describe their personal experiences and the experiences of others and their data and and I, I just don't know like it doesn't make any sense to me like these are the most not only are they you know, the, you know go ahead no I'm sorry what I was just gonna say is like you know it's just like listen man it's like I couldn't get out of bed without jamming a needle in my arm for six years of my life you know what I'm saying it's just like I suffered from addiction and alcoholism for over 20 years that was like probably it was living in my own hell on an everyday basis, you know? And it's like, I was, like, suicidal in the way where, like, I wanted to die. I just couldn't gather the guts to kill myself. And, you know, and it's like, if somebody would have actually told me that there was the medicines, and that's what these are, psychedelic medicines, okay? They're not drugs. Like, you know, I mean, or just a different, you know, there's a different spectrum of drugs, like Joe Rogan says, you know? The drugs are anything from NyQuil to caffeine to DMD to ketamine. You know what I'm saying? It's just like how you're using these drugs and what they're what they're actually used for. But like you know, I could have saved myself 20 years of complete misery if I would have known that, and, and I would have had access to use these drugs in the proper setting and form to like actually get the healing experience that I needed and was looking for. And you know, I feel like it's a complete, it, it's a crime to keep people from having access to these medicines that could potentially save them agonizing years of their life, addiction issues that are completely out of control and living in their own personal health, which is taking these medicines that are illegal, you know, and they, they shouldn't be. Yeah, uh, I just heard Graham Hancock on, on Rogan, uh, and he said, you know, basically the governments of the world are treating us like children. They're, they're, they're treating us like we are incapable of uh, managing our own the exploration of our own consciousness. And if you are unable to explore your own consciousness, then the word freedom is basically meaningless because therein lies the, the basis of everything that we can perceive and understand about the world. It starts right here in our head. And if we're not able to go, you know, if we're legally not allowed to go into our head the way that these medicines uh, facilitate, uh, you know, it is criminal and it is, uh, it, it really is that there's no other way to put it. You know, people are dying that can be saved and it's being allowed to happen and it's being legislated to happen, um, by people who have no idea about the profundity and the, uh, healing capabilities. Like, you know, not to beat a dead horse, but I think, yeah, it's Hancock too. He says anybody in a, in any position of power needs to undergo 
you know, for him, I think he says a dozen ayahuasca sessions before they take power. But, you know, sub substitute any medicine there, any psychedelic medicine. But uh, it's like the worst of us are in power and they're stopping they're stopping people that need help from getting the help that they need, whether that's cannabis, ketamine, MDMA, psilocybin, ayahuasca, what have you. It's just nuts, man. Well, you know, listen, man, you've got all of these doctors out here prescribing opiates like it's candy. You've got people prescribing fentanyl, which is killing more people in our country now than probably any other drug out there. They're prescribing benzodiazepines, which are literally, you can die from a benzo withdrawal. It's like actually deadly. It's probably one of the most unsafe medications you could possibly take out there. And then all of these psychedelic medicines, which is getting people off of all of these pharmaceutical medications, and it's not killing people, are all legal. Go figure. Like, how could you even justify something like that? And I love the Graham Hancock thing you were talking about. The quote actually goes that, before you should become a politician, you should have to do 10 ayahuasca sessions before you go into office. And I think that's fantastic because you know what? Once you've had a psychedelic experience like that, you can't, you have the ability to be empathic for people. Your empathy level goes up. You know that we're all connected. There is no hierarchy. Nobody's better than anybody else. We're all just a part of the same ocean of consciousness, and we're all just these little droplets of it. You know, and, and we're moving the synchronistic flow to enlightenment, man. But, like, you know, it's just like it takes the ego right out of the equation. You know, it's like, you know, you've heard of ego death before. That's what a lot of these people out there need because everybody thinks that they're, part, they, that they're better than everybody else. You know, and, like, and that certain lives don't matter and certain lives do matter and this, that, and the other thing. It's like, man, we're all one. We're all connected. We're all a part of the same thing. And once people came to that understanding, the world would actually be able to start healing itself and we'd be in such a better place. I totally agree with you, man. Uh, and, you know, it's almost as if this is, you know, it, I hate to be super conspiratorial about it, but you're right. How is it that, that we are handing out the deadliest, most addictive, most mind-altering, life-destroying drugs known to man? We're giving them away en masse all over the world, and yet the handful of compounds that will not kill you, that physically cannot, you cannot consume enough of these psychedelics to kill you. Like, it's not possible for most of them. So certain ones, yes. But for the majority, the classical psychedelics, you can't even ingest enough of it to, to kill you. Um, they're, they're, for the most part, completely physically harmless, if not, in the case of ketamine, physically therapeutic, um, and yet our government has decided that we do not are not allowed access to this. It's almost as if they don't want us to uh, expand our consciousness in this way and they don't want us to be healthy and whole and well and, and happy. It's almost like, mm, I don't know, they want to control us. They want us to be sick. They want us to be uh, sad. They want us to be weak so that we can be manipulated more simply. Something like that. I could be wrong, but... Uh, well, it, it you know, you're, you're 100% right, man. You're 1,000% right, okay? Because it's just like, how do you control people? You control through fear. What do psychedelic medicines do for people? They take the fear factor out, man. You know, it's just like, listen, I'm no longer scared of death anymore because of psychedelic medicines. I don't fear anything now, and I used to live in a constant state of fear that was completely crippling, you know, and it's just because society, 
programs you to fear all of this stuff so you're easier to control. And that's the whole, like, that's the whole gist of everything. It's just like, let me keep you in a state of fear so I can herd you around and basically tell you what to do. And you'll do it because you think that it's going to keep you safe. You know, but like once you realize, and I did some psychedelic medicines, that there really is no such thing as death, that we are all made of energy, and that it's just like, you know, there, it, it doesn't, it, death doesn't play a role in my fear at all anymore, and there really is no fears in my life anymore, because, you know, I know that we're all a part of this big thing together, and it's just like, I, I'm never going to be controlled by fear again in my life, and it's because of psychedelic medicines that I'm at this point in my life. Yeah, and that's a beautiful thing, brother. And I've uh, I've touched on that. I've touched on that as well. And uh, I've talked about this uh, on on previous episodes. The the power of fear, and not only the power of fear, but the power of facing your fear and overcoming your fear. And yes, we're humans. We we have we're gonna be afraid. It's natural. It it plays a role. You know, it played a role back in the day when we were in the jungles of uh, our ancestors, and we didn't want to get eaten by fucking jaguars and shit. Um, and it plays other roles, of course, but there is something so inherently empowering when you can face that thing that you're afraid of and not shy away, and instead of trying to go around it or over it or under it, you just go right through it. And this has happened to me countless times in the psychedelic experience where I have this buildup of anxiety, I have this fear, you know, uh, because the psychedelic experience is a gauntlet it's not easy uh quite often it's not always a feather it's not always a feather bed sometimes it's a rocky road sometimes it's difficult um but you know i know now that the fear is part of my journey and that what i have to do is go through the fear to find that on the other side is love and every single time i do it i it pays off not once have i been afraid to, t- to go forward with the experience and then gone forward with it and been sorry about it. Never once in my life has that happened. Well, you know, listen, man, it's like you just said, and it was beautiful. It's like we're either living in fear or we're living in love. And along with fear comes, like, hate and anger and, you know, and, and racism and, and, and all of these awful things. Or else you're living in a state of love, man, where fear is nothing. Because, listen, we all are all. We all are love. We all are the divine. We're an extension of the divine. And the divine is literally love. That is the answer. Love is the healing force. You know, I am love. And so are you. Yep, I agree with you, brother. Uh, Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. Um, we've, I've kept you here for about an hour. Let's go ahead and end it here. Why don't you tell the listeners where they can find out some more information about your projects? Um, and I, I wanted to ask, ask you this just brief answer. If I wanted to come down to Florida, can I just come? Can I just come to your facility and undergo a ketamine treatment with you guys? Can, is that like, will it happen like that? So believe it or not, man, we've actually had somebody fly down from California and we have a hotel that is literally directly across the street from our facility that we're working with to get our patients um, discounted rates there. And yeah, you can come, you get, you sit down with our doctor, Dr. Andrew Ferber, you would get approved whether he thought it was, you were fit to do treatments or not. And, um, but, you know, if somebody was going to actually, like, fly in or something like that, we would do a Zoom approval first to make sure that you are, you know, 
suitable for treatment, and then, yeah, you come down to our facility and get treated, man. That's how it would work. Fantastic, fantastic. Okay, well, uh, let's see. Get, why don't you drop your websites, uh, the name of your facility one more time, and social media, anything that you have that would be good to connect people with your practice. All right, fantastic. Well, listen, you know, if you go to Revive, R-E-V-I-V-E, Medspa, M-E-T-S-P-A, it's Medspa's one word on Facebook. You can actually take a look at our facility and what we're doing here. We're, we're located down at 3541, that's 3541 Bonita Bay Boulevard. And um, if you wanted to go to our website, our website is um, revivewellnessbonita.com. Okay, let me repeat that for them because just because it's going to be the audio is going to be slightly more clear on my end. Uh, that's Revive Med Spa. Um, that's going to be 3541 Bonita Bay Boulevard. That's in Florida, correct? Yep, Bonita Springs, Florida. Bonita Springs, Florida. The website, one more time. Uh, RevivewellnessBonita.com. That's going to be RevivewellnessBonita.com. B-O-N-I-T-A. Bonita. Revive Wellness Bonita. Hey, Charles, thank you and so... And you can check us out and get all of this information on our Facebook page again, which is Revive. Med Spa. Med Spa is one word, so M-E-D-S-P-A. That's a Revive Med Spa on Facebook, M-E-D-S-P-A. I'm just repeating all this for you guys so that you're able to look it up for yourselves and everything comes through clearly. Uh, Charles, thank you so much for joining us on Psychedelicast. It's been fascinating to talk to you. I learned a lot today. Generally, I, don't, I honestly don't learn a whole lot from, uh, well, uh, I shouldn't say that, but I know a lot of shit about psychedelics, basically, uh, and today I... I was pretty much uh, unaware of any most things about ketamine. So you uh, taught me a lot today. I think you're doing something really great there. Uh, I, I'm excited to watch and see how it goes for you guys. I'm hoping and believing that uh, that this is going to go well for you. And and uh, yeah, I can I can see your facilities popping up all over the U.S. and helping people gain access to this life changing medicine. And I really hope that's what happens. And you know what? It's with these things, it's just a matter of time. It does not really hope. This is, you know, these are these are truth bringers. These are healers. These are teachers. All these uh, molecules, compounds, medicines, plants, um, and you know, it's gonna get out there one way or another. But uh, I hope it goes really well for you, man. Thank you for doing the show. And thank you so much for having me, Clint. I really appreciate it, man. All right, Charles. Sorry about all the technical difficulties, but I'm going to let you go now, man. It was great talking to you. We'll, we'll do this again at some point uh, when you get a couple more facilities opened up. And, uh, you know, maybe I'll come down there and check you out, dude, because I really want to really undergo one of these experiences for myself. Yeah, we'd love to have you, man. We'd love to have you. So, uh, yeah, just let's keep in touch, man. I love what you're doing, too. Thanks for getting out there and spreading the word to everybody. Everybody needs to know about this stuff. I agree with you. Thank you so much. Once again, Charles, I'm going to let you go. Take care, brother. All right. Bye-bye. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you enjoyed that chat with Charles Patty of Revive Wellness and Education Center uh, based out of Florida there. Uh, look into all his uh, current projects and check out Revive. They're doing some good things out there. Uh, I learned a lot during that podcast, and I really appreciate you coming on the show, Charles. I know we had some serious uh, communication and connectivity and technical issues throughout the entire show. 
is what it is, fam. It is what it is. Hey, uh, join us at Patreon if you want more content, if you want for at least four more episodes a month, uh, one extra episode a week at the minimum. Join us on Patreon, www.patreon.com slash psychedelicast. Three bucks to enter the void with us to get all the content that you're missing out on and come on the show and tell your own story. As a matter of fact, being released in conjunction with this episode is another such episode uh available only to Patreon members, with Joey One Love, and uh, that'll be released in conjunction with this to Patreon members only. Join us there at Patreon. Let's do a quote. We'll leave you with the word today from David Richo. Our wounds are often the openings into the best and most beautiful parts of us. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us here on Psychedelicast one more time, and we always, always, always appreciate you being with us and joining us in the attempt to pry open the third eye, we'll see you next time. Take care of yourselves. Oh.